0: Hello, all you Reinventors out there, this is Leslie Jane Seymour and I am the founder of this podcast and of CoffeeClub.com. and we are your Reinvention Specialists. And I hope that by coming here and listening to real women who have reinvented themselves, not only for inspiration, tips and tricks on how to do it. Um, you will be able to do the same. We want everybody to reinvent themselves and find that wonderful thing that they are meant to be doing or who they're meant to be in that second half of life because boy, this is a great time of life and why live it as someone else or as some other thing that you thought you had to be in your early life? So I have a wonderful uh, conversation for you today with Katie Fogarty. And she is, oh my God, she is such a natural, she's a natural reinventor. So what's going to be interesting is at the end, you'll see where I had to like corral her into tips because she just moves from thing to thing to thing. But a lot of it has to do with a love of learning and uh, a willingness to put herself in situations that make her uncomfortable, but from which she can learn something, even if she falls on her face. And I think that's a really good learning lesson is that, you know, not every reinvention is gonna go the way you want it to, and it's not going to be easy to figure out, but sometimes you're gonna learn something from it instead. um, And that will help push you towards the next thing. She says podcasting is her fifth, maybe sixth act. Um, She's worked as a TV news writer for global PR firms on Capitol Hill, and as an English teacher in Japan and with small startups. And she now has a coaching company called The Reboot Group, which has helped thousands of executives from Fortune 500 companies' growth through better career stories. And she now lives on Long Island with her husband and three kids and a pandemic puppy called Lila. So here is Katie, and you're going to find some great tips and tricks for how you can do your reinvention as well. So Katie, thanks so much for doing the podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I'm excited, Leslie. So let's talk a little bit about your history. That I always want to know what people's history is, where they grew up, where they went to school, what they did, why they did it. Let's talk a little bit about that and how you got started. Where did you grow up?
1: I actually grew up in New York City, and uh, you know, I was a New Yorker city kid for a number of years. Then I wound up at a small uh, liberal arts college in Massachusetts, and um, I was a religion major in college, which uh, I sometimes joke makes you unemployable. And so when I I graduated, religion major.
0: What were you were you thinking of there was something you would do with that? Or you just were like, this is what I'm interested in and whatever I do will be not about this anyway.
1: You know, I was raised in a very uh, Catholic household. I went to an all girls Catholic school my whole life. And as I headed into college, I just was really beginning to feel sort of a sense of doubt about my, about my faith. And I really wanted to just learn more about um, religion in general, mine in particular. And for me, it was really um, a wonderful cross-section of liberal arts because it's, it's international relations. You learn about philosophy. You learn about history. Um, you learn about you know, re- you know, religion, of course. So for me, it was just a great way of pulling from all these different areas that I was interested in. And it helped me kind of assess you know, my own relationship to my faith or what at the time I felt was really a lack of faith. So it was, it was a great career. I mean, a great career. It was a great, um, it was a great thing to study, nice. <laughs> you know, um, but it, you know, it, it did leave me graduating with um, a sense of, you know, well now what, because <laughs> how am I marketable? And I I realized that one of my marketable skills um was the fact that I was a native English speaker. And so I actually moved abroad right after college graduation and I taught English in Japan for two years. Um wow. so that was did you speak that was Japanese? A, you know, I didn't. Um, but I I spoke English and that's what they were hiring me for. <laughs> so I
0: wow. You know, I sort of,
1: I, put myself into action. It was, it was incredible. I got hired, um, by the Japanese ministry of education. They do recruiting through all the embassies in English speaking countries like the U S Canada, the UK. And so I was one of, um, 2000 teachers that went over my first year out of college to teach on what's called the jet program, which stands for Japan exchange teaching.
0: Cool. Okay. Then what? So that's like
1: and by the way, like that's not where I stopped. So I know your podcast is all about reinvention and yes. and I, you know, had to reinvent myself again because I was not going to be an English teacher in Japan forever. So when I came <laughs> back to the US, <laughs> I wound up working on Capitol Hill because I was interested in politics. I um I worked for Um, a congressman and then a senator and I wound up spending about four or five years on Capitol Hill. My last job was with uh, U.S. Senator Bill Bradley from New Jersey. I Uh, spent four years in his office, which was incredible, Um, taught me so much. I was surrounded by really amazing, smart, um, passionate people. And from there, I went to um, a PR firm for a couple of years and then on to graduate school. I got a master's in broadcast journalism. So as you can see, there's there's already been a lot of reinvention going on. It's English teacher, Capitol Hill staffer, then on to graduate school for journalism. I um, then wound up back in New York where I'm from because I wanted to be closer to family. I was at this stage um, newly married and my husband and I wanted to you know be closer to our families as we looked to start our own. Um, I used to write the morning news in New York, um, for oh my local- goodness. yeah, I wrote, I wrote for New York one, which is, uh, New York's largest local news channel. And then I wound up at CNN financial news when I, um, got tired of waking up at four o'clock in the morning to write the morning Ooh. news. So I-, <laughs> I, I transitioned once again, I reinvented into business news and then from there went back to PR. Um, wow. And then, yeah, I know it's a lot, you know, one of the, my, and I should tell your listeners right now that I have an entirely different job from, from those that I just outlined to you. I um, reinvented again after journalism to become a career communications coach. So the, the through line in my career has always been storytelling. I, you know, was telling the stories of my um you know senator bradley's legislative accomplishments i was telling uh, pr stories when i worked at pr firms and then i was telling news stories and i um, iterated once again and i became a career communications coach where i help senior executive business owners and teams at large organizations uh, to become better at sharing their career stories And Mm. this sort of coincided with the explosion of LinkedIn as an important career tool, an important um, networking and, you know, sort of um, business advocacy platform. And I help executives be better on the platform, uh, be great at sharing their stories, great at creating opportunity, you know, unlocking doors and um, kind of doing business networking.
0: And one of the things Would that you, I've
1: learned, from, yeah. Go ahead, Leslie. Go ahead.
0: Now I was just going to say, did you know that it, this is looking back that you realized that storytelling was your thing, or did you always know that, and was that the thread you were following, or is it a retrospective that you understand that? Such a great question. I think it's really from a retrospective. I mean,
1: what ah, I understood, okay. what I, what I understood all along is that I loved um, communications and I was good at it. You know, I can write okay. well. I I can present well. I can communicate well. And what I've been all along is really interested in other people. And so um, it sort of gelled. And when I started this career coaching, um, I realized when I looked back, you know, a lot of what I do when I work with a client is to help them figure out, you know, what's what's the big idea in their career. You know, what is the special offering that they only that they and only they have. And I had to do this work on myself. And I realized, you know, sort of after the fact that there was this through line. Sometimes when we're moving from thing to thing, it's unclear, you know, where we're going right. to wind up and, and what's the commonality. But right. um, with a little, you know, with hindsight, we can look back and, and we can Correct. see kind of the, big, the bigger picture. Um, yeah. So that's sort of, that's, you know, what I do today. I launched my company called The Reboot Group. Uh, About seven or eight years ago, I continue to work with senior executives and teams at organizations to make them better on LinkedIn, better at advocating for their careers and their companies and whatever their own priorities are. Uh, And then that led me to yet another um, evolution in my career. I launched a podcast about two and a half years ago. Uh, It's a podcast about midlife, a little bit like yours, Leslie. It's about making the most of this next chapter. And I did so. Because in my day job of helping people share their career stories, I was beginning to hear a steady drumbeat of fear around ageism. My clients Mm -hmm. are all concerned about staying relevant, staying marketable. They're all concerned that they're they're aging out of their industries. And I really thought to myself, you know, this is crazy. You know, we're not old; we're experienced. You know, we have a lot of live wisdom and expertise. And I really got clear that um my side project was going to be sort of amplifying the voices of women knocking it out of the park in midlife and and that's how you and I connected you came on my podcast a certain age which was
0: terrific yes yeah. which
1: was so fun and you know we you know you and I know we we are talking to people every single week who are reinventing what it means to be you know, relevant or fit or purposeful or joyful uh, as we, you know, continue uh, continue on in our midlife and beyond. So that's kind of the, the, the big snapshot. I uh, have a day job as a career communications coach, and I have a side
0: project, and
1: frankly, what has grown into a small business, you know, as a
0: midlife podcaster. And so why did you focus on women, Katie? Because you were originally working with both men and women, right? Yes, and I continue to work
1: with both, um, you know, uh, uh, genders and all, you know, and, and non-binary, all genders across in my day job. So that's that's not specific to to women or women-identifying people, but the podcast is, and that is because I really started to feel the um, as I age myself. I'm 53, which I'm happy to tell you. You know, there's this sort of this notion that women become less visible uh as they age and that their stories need to be amplified so it's interesting leslie when i started the podcast i had this sort of notion of women become more invisible and i want to amplify their stories but i'm telling you 128 podcasts later i no longer feel that women in midlife actually do become invisible i had a wonderful conversation with a guest and she sort of introduced to me the notion of in midlife you become visible to a whole new set of people and I, and I agree with that. You know, I really feel like I've connected with other um, women in midlife who are doing amazing things. There's a great vibrancy to this midlife space. And, you know, maybe you're not walking into a bar like you were in your twenties and having like heads turned, but like, who cares? You know, there's, there's visibility <laughs> yeah. in new ways for new things and for new offerings. And so um so that's sort of a very long answer to your question. I, I really wanted to focus solely on women because I wanted to spotlight their stories. And, and, and in doing so, I've learned so much myself.
0: Isn't that interesting, though, that even your example is, is about how men see us? Is that you walk yes, into it's... a bar and heads no longer turn. That's that's the old thing. That That was how we judged ourselves, right? That's you know, that was our thing. And if that's no longer your thing, what well, that's what they, I think that's what they're referring to by invisibility, but I it's think a so different too. type of visibility. It, right. It's the yeah. old patriarchy no longer sees you.
1: And exactly.
0: that, and who cares? And you know, who, cares? who cares? That, right. There's something more valuable here. And that's the thing that's great. So talk a little bit about, um you know, when you went from thing to thing to thing, were you conscious of changing areas or are you one of those people? There are people who I've interviewed who just kind of bob and weave their way through different things and they kind of don't question themselves. And are they, do they have what it takes? Do they have, you know, oh, here's a thing over here, but am I qualified or not qualified? They just go for it and it just happens. Are you that kind of like you flow in, flow out because you have done so much stuff or do you ever stop and question yourself or say, oh, I don't know if I have the qualifications here, which a lot of women do. They're like, oh, well, I'm not sure. I've only got 40% of the qualifications. Maybe I can't make that transition. How do you see that? You know, I would say that um,
1: it's a bit of a hybrid. So at different points when I've been making changes, it was scary and it felt hard and it did. did. You know, when you're switching lanes and you're putting yourself into new situations, it can feel uncomfortable. And I definitely felt uncomfortable at different times. You know, the very first time I was invited to present on a public stage in front of 2000 people, I was nervous. You know, I really did have anxiety around all of that, but I have learned, by getting to midlife, by making all these changes, by being uncomfortable in new situations, that you can be scared and do it anyway. And mm-hmm. for me, it really took getting to midlife to feel that, you know, on a cellular level. But
0: I mm-hmm.
1: only feel that on a cellular level because I put in a lot of practice being scared and doing it anyway. <laughs> so I would say mm-hmm. to anyone who's listening who's thinking, you know, sometimes it's easy to look at other people making changes and doing new things and think, well, of course, that's easy for them. Like they're super that's confident right. or they're or that's they're right. fill in the blank. They've got this special. That's skill." Right. And, you know, and the reality is, at least I, I, I don't believe that's true, but I do believe you can be scared and do it anyway. And that has allowed me to propel myself into new and exciting endeavors.
0: Were you always like that? Were you a be scared and do it anyway kid?
1: you know was... i like, think
0: yes and no i mean i guess my I mean, my parents are probably like saying because i was like
1: sneaking around into like new york city nightclubs when i was young they were <laughs> they would probably oh, say really? hey, you know she was like she did stuff you know she was sort of an adventure i mean i went to japan after college you know i, I decided yeah. to move to a country where i didn't know anyone i didn't know the language so you know yes there was definitely there's probably a spirit of inve- adventure that i've always had yeah. to a degree but yeah but i also you know i'm I I really want to be crystal clear. It's not that I'm fearless, um, you know, but I've just I've just learned that I can I can be anxious and and, and you know I, I can do something over and over and over again until I'm no longer anxious and, and scared and and that's a learning that's a muscle we build by by just continually continuously putting us ourselves in new
0: situations. So maybe you're like me in that I actually like that feeling of being uncomfortable. I find that's when I grow. Do you feel that? I feel there are moments where I think like, uh uh-oh, what have I done? I've put myself in (laughs) like a situation like I shouldn't have done this. Like it's over my head. What am I doing here? And for me, I'm not confident that I'm going to get through it but when I, I've i gotten through it enough, I know that I'm always gonna learn something and I'm always gonna learn something about myself and I'm always going to be happy that I did that. I can't say, you know, I'm sure there are times when I fell on my face doing that too, but um, is it like that for you where you, do you have like a sense of if I stay complacent, comfortable and, you know, calm all the time, I'm never going to grow. It's just going to be boring
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you identified that you like to grow and like to learn new things, you know, that you can learn new things even when things are going slightly sideways. I, I do enjoy learning new things. I have learned, you know, to play tennis again as an adult. I've picked up some other sports like paddle, uh, paddle tennis and, um, I actually remember working with a tennis coach at one point and, you know, he said, you either win a match or you learn something. And I just thought that was oh. so wise mm-hmm. and so smart. And I've kind of taken that on for myself that I don't believe me. I don't like to like to lose a tennis match. I don't like to fall on my face. I don't like to sort of feel like I'm in over my head or, or maybe that was a bad idea. But when I've been in those circumstances and I, I will continue to be in them, you know, where things don't go exactly as I had hoped. I've gotten much better at looking at like these, you know, quote unquote failures as opportunities to learn and grow. And again, I honestly know that I'm better at that because I'm in midlife. You know, nobody mm-hmm. gets to the north side of 40 without things going wrong. You know, we That's lose right. jobs, we battle illnesses, we lose That's friends, right. we embarrass ourselves, but we survive. That's right. That's and we, right. we, you know, we, we're, we are resilient because resilience is a muscle and we've been practicing it for a long time, or in my case for 53 years.
0: Right. And yes. And I think there's a great, there's a, you know, there's a, a I don't know. It's a great calm in knowing that, that you've gotten yourself through things that are difficult. Um, and, you know, you're not going you're not gonna not survive. It's the best so, feeling.
1: It's such a freeing yeah. and liberating feeling.
0: Right. Where whereas when I was in my twenties and thirties, I didn't know if I was gonna make it or not. It would be like, well, I don't know, this could be the end of me. I have no idea, you know? And I think now it's quite a different thing. So talk a little bit about the spirit of learning. Are you a lifelong learner? Would you consider yourself, is that a major thing in your life? Are you always trying to learn something or how do you look at learning as an adult?
1: Yes, I, I think of learning as an adult is a critical uh, life skill, right? I mean, technology is changing at a fast clip. You need to keep yourself current just to like, so you can operate your phone or in my case, my remote control, right? But right. You know, I really believe that anyone who's listening to this, who's thinking, you know, I'd like to reinvent or, or remain marketable in my job. It is really up to you to keep your skills current and fresh. And it's never been easier to learn things, probably in the history of humanity, right? There's so many wonderful ways to learn online. There's so many wonderful instructions, there's videos, it's, you know, there's LinkedIn learning. It's never been easier to keep and acquire new skills and you really need to, in order to stay um, relevant and marketable. And, you know, I, I would say also in terms of of, of learning, you know, you. You need to continue to figure out how to manage your kind of professional and career branding. I'm a big fan of uh, using LinkedIn for that. It's a great way to continually stay in touch with your network. It's a great way to continually see what other people in your industry or perhaps fields that you would like to work in, how they're mm-hmm. managing their own career. So LinkedIn's a great research tool, not just a great networking tool. And it's a great tool for sharing your story, for maybe sharing your pivot. I, I you know, I do my career coaching um, kind of networking on LinkedIn, but I also share my podcast and I find a lot of my podcast guests on it because I'm able to see people that are, that are interesting to me that are really uh, knocking it out of the park in midlife and, and kind of source them through LinkedIn. So, you know, I, I would say, yes, we can put the work in and continually grow and learn
0: where do you where do you see um women going in the future with this post covid hybrid workplace are you seeing it as an opportunity or are you seeing it as a threat what do your what do your executives who you're coaching feel
1: you know i said uh the you know the world changed overnight in 2020 and that um you know, it's, it's changing back and life is sort of calming down. Although it feels like every time you look at the newspaper, there's a new, you know, uh, a new, a new problem that we all need to manage collectively as a society. But I do think that people came out of the pandemic uh, no matter what their age is wanting um, sort of more purpose and connection because we, we all felt very much on the brink of something. Uh, when you were in midlife, I really do think that, um, There's still the opportunity to do the things that you want, but the runway is getting a little shorter, right? There there might be less time in front of you than behind you. And while that sounds depressing, I do not mean it to be. I think it's clarifying, right? You know, we are choosing to focus. We are choosing to focus our time and energy on things that light us up, that give us meaning, that keep us relevant and marketable. Because let's be clear, you know, many of us are going to need to work um, well past midlife because, we are living longer healthier and fitter right we need uh, we need our careers to keep up with our with our health and and, and you know we need that for our bank accounts so you know i i do think also um covid has taught us that we can live and work remotely uh, the way the you know economy is changing has taught us that we we don't have to have one linear career as i said At the top of the show, I've been an English teacher in Japan. I've worked in PR. I've worked in news. I am now a small business owner. I'm a podcaster. Uh, But this is not just unique to me. The average American changes 12 jobs in their career. Um, And we need to recognize that we're moving into, I think, a, a world of the portfolio career where you can and will do more than one thing and Leslie you are the perfect example of this like you are the OG reinventor you know (laughs) so I am I am preaching to the choir here you know and I I think this is exciting there are there are lots of opportunities but you know I want to be realistic many of us are going to need to work for a long time and we need to keep our skills fresh, keep our networks strong, Um, keep learning, keep growing, keep evolving because change is not just you know possible, it's probable, right? Things change. We need to be adaptable right. and, and be re- poised.
0: Right, yes. And that's what I always say. I always say you need a reinvention plan in your back pocket today because you just don't know. You just don't know when it's gonna come to you and it may not have anything to do with you. It may have to do with your, you know, look at the banks that went under the other day, you know, the Silicon bank went under all those poor people who were working there. They didn't went home Friday and Monday it was gone. So yes, it may not, it may not have anything to do with you. And that's, that's, I think the turmoil of this current world that makes reinvention such an important conversation. And what I always say to people is, you know, have, have those other ideas, have, things that you work on as hobbies that could turn into a business have your skills up um because it may have nothing to do with you and such great advice right we don't know when it's going to happen but what about the hybrid workplace katie what are you seeing for women who you coach are you seeing it as an opportunity is it i mean i look back my daughter who's 27 sometimes asked me you know like what are the things you regret about And the things, you know, I had this crazy wackadoodle life running women's magazines. It was insane. It was fun. It was crazy. But, you know, and I went around the world and I did the red carpet and I did the shows. The thing I regret most is every freaking morning, you're going to die laughing when I tell you this. I would get up every morning, wash my hair, blow it dry. And I had very (laughs) thick hair before I went to work. And I'm like, all those hours I spent blowing my hair and washing my hair. I wish I could get those hours back. What a waste of time! And thinking about how much nicer my work life would have been, especially as a mom with two kids, if I could have only gone in to work twice a week instead of all the hours I had to do Facetime of right. just sitting that's in hysterical, my office. Leslie, I mean,
1: it's hysterical no, it's the blow dryer. because I, I, you know, I get it. It used to be a lot harder to. Get you know anything down the commuting. It's you know I, I think about oh. this even with my kids. um You know back to school night and parent teacher conferences when they were doing them over Zoom. I was like, let's never do, <laughs> let's never go back. Oh my where we god! All to, you, like
0: put on lipstick. You and, did those over you know. Zoom. I- Never thought of that. Oh my god. It was, that would have and it was just
1: so many problems. It's okay. made life so much easier. Cause I had three kids in three different schools, like one week every September. Oh my, my like evenings were and any event, I mean hybrid uh, produces opportunities. I think I know that people listening to your show are reinventing at various stages. Um right. you know, some people are empty nesters, some people are not Correct. yet, you know, um, they're still working, or some people are, are, are looking right. to reinvent in different ways. But That's I would right. say you have the opportunity now because of technology to live and work in different places so if you have a coaching business or if you've got a writing business or my the work that i do with clients one-on-one is largely over zoom i could do that anywhere Ah. in the world you know Uh i'm recording a podcast tomorrow night with a woman um, who's in france and if she had to be in a podcast studio with me that would not be possible so you know, we, we see the way the hybrid world um, sort of expands our lives every single day. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that they, they, there's just a lot of opportunity. You know, if you've ever thought to yourself, I want to spend the summer in Italy, maybe go rent your house to somebody who wants to spend the summer in New York or New Orleans where I know you're based and right. you can make a trade. You know, there's a lot of ways to um, rethink and reimagine how we work and live.
0: Right. So let's talk, as we close here, tips and tricks for people who want to do what you did, which is you've done so many reinventions, but just some sort of tactical skills. What would you say, um, obviously, this is in your blood, you are a a natural reinventor. So um, you may not be as conscious um, as other people are of like, oh, my goodness, I've got to make this change and how do you know, it's really a changing lanes thing, you're still going in the same direction, but you're changing lanes. What sort of practical tips and tricks would you give? I mean, you obviously went back and got uh, a degree later in life. Um, I've done that as well. I feel like that's a really good option for some people who feel like they need a, you know, sort of big reinvention, and they need the credential but what other kinds of things have you done and would you suggest to other people?
1: Um, I, I love talking about this. So number one, I would say, if you're thinking about reinventing, um, particularly your career or switching career lanes, but even if you're just thinking about reinventing your life, I would say, you, keep your network strong. You know, You need to be in touch with people in your network who are doing the same type of thing that you wanna be doing that you might move into, you might want to sort of network within your um, communities. When I was looking to go back to work, when I first started doing writing work, you know, pre-LinkedIn, I let people know this at, you know, sort of at the bus stop and the cocktail parties. that I was, you, know, okay. you, know, you you have to kind of just let people, it's sort of like, um, everyone here who maybe who's single or who's married now, like think back about when you first wanted to meet somebody. And I remember my mom saying like, you're never gonna meet somebody sitting at home. And that's so true. That's and right. you're, never go- you know, you're never going to find the next job or the new opportunity and let you put it out to the universe. And I don't mean that in a woo-woo way. I mean it really. You need to tell people what you wanna be doing, what you're excited about, what you're looking towards to do next because then they can be helpful. And I wouldn't say to your network, I want a new job. You know, that's too abstract. Right. I would say very right. concretely, you know, you know that I've been, you know, running the PTA for the last 20 years and I am looking to connect with a nonprofit that needs um, you know, fundraising or event support or development work. Do you know anyone? If you have enough of those conversations, eventually somebody's gonna say yes. So, one, you know, sort of figure out specifically what you want to do. And then, two, start telling that to people in your network, in your larger network. And then, three, go build some new networks. When I launched a midlife podcast, you know, yes, I have a lot of midlife clients. Yes, I'm, you know, my friends are in midlife, but I wound up creating a whole new community. By letting people know my podcast existed, by inviting them on my show, by going to conferences that were featuring midlife speakers, by kind of you know um, putting myself into communication with the people that cared about the thing that I cared about. So you can go build mm-hmm. a new network actively and intentionally. You know your network is your net worth. It's going to really um, help you connect to opportunity. And as I said earlier, you know really pay attention to the story you're telling, to your branding. Um, I know branding sounds very icky. People don't want it's to think hard. about having a personal brand. Hard, it sounds right. like you're marketing yourself, but yeah, you know, I, I would encourage any of your listener to, to think of your personal brand really as just um, the story that you're telling to let people know what it is that you do and what it is you can do for them. So think about it as being helpful. You know, I offer a service that helps people better at sharing their professional story, better job hunting, et cetera. You know, when I communicate that clearly to people, people in need of my services are able to find me and, and, you know, work with me. So don't think of marketing yourself as like selling a tube of toothpaste. You know, think about marketing yourself as what's the value my work offers to other people or the value my skill set offers to people? And how can I communicate it in a way that lets people know, you know the the magic that will happen when we work together. So that's that's a secondary thing I would say. And for any of your listeners who might want to do something like I did, which is launch a podcast later right. in life or to to explore a passion, so podcasting hope is to a see you and soon business, and see you at the next show. But beyond even the business, it's super fun. It's a way of connecting with people. I would say go for it. You know, get started. Google, find a class. You know, online sort of like podcasting one hundred and one. It's it's pretty easy to do these days. There's so many great, very user-friendly tools. You don't need to be necessarily in a professional studio. And I would say, you know, get four or five podcasts in the can, then launch your show. Um, I use Squarespace, the um, website, to, um, to kind of put my podcast out into the world, although I host it on a different platform called Buzzsprout. But there are a lot of really simple to use, um, website tools like Squarespace, like Wix that can allow virtually anybody, even without coding or design skills to create beautiful websites. And then, you know, if you are looking to do podcasting or to build a blog or, you know, any kind of, even be active on LinkedIn, I would say consistency is key. It's like anything. It's like, if we consistently work out, we get stronger. And if we consistently share our podcast, if we consistently mail a newsletter, if we consistently post on LinkedIn, I mean, Leslie, you're a perfect example. You have an enormous following on LinkedIn. You've got a wonderful newsletter that's, you know, has a big subscriber base because you consistently put out great information. And so that's actually like beyond podcasting or beyond LinkedIn, that's a life hack, you know, that's, I guess what I'll close with my last, you know, piece of advice is for anyone looking to move the needle and move in a new direction, whatever it is, consistency is key. It's just, you know, your mom, your mom is right. You know, if you do it over and over (laughs) and over again, like
0: (laughs) eventually it'll move the needle. That's cute. That's great. It's It's true. Consistency. It's a weird thing, but Yes. I mean, people it's not, it's not sexy. There. It's
1: not a sexy silver bullet, no. but it's like, it's just the yeah. facts. If you do it over and over and over yeah. again, you're going to get somewhere. That's the reality.
0: Yes, that's definitely true. Well, wonderful. Thanks so much. I so appreciate your time, Katie. And I love talking to somebody who's such a natural reinventor. Oh, and this at was least so you're fun. aware of it and um, how you, how you make all these different things happen. It's inspirational. So thanks so much. Where can everybody find you? Um, You can find me uh, on LinkedIn at Katie Fogarty
1: um, or you can find my podcast at acertainagepod.com. It's got all of my social links on there. And then my business website is
0: therebootgroup.com. Wonderful. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks so much for being with us. Take care. This was a treat. So thank you all for joining us for this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I hope you will follow the podcast. Please leave us the five stars. If you liked us um, in our Apple reviews, that would be fantastic. And also share the podcast with friends who are about to reinvent, thinking about reinvent, reinventing, being forced to reinvent. We know with layoffs going on out there, that's a possibility. We would love to be your reinvention specialist. And Also, mosey on over to CoveyClub.com and just put the word reinvent and reinvention into that little spyglass at the top of the navigation. And you are going to find hundreds of articles, how-tos, essays, people's experiences about reinvention. All your tools are there. It will get you started. It's all free. And if you decide that you would really like to get started and you really need, you need, um, people to bounce ideas off of, you need a support group, you need an accountability group, that's when you come join Covey Club itself. We make it happen for you. As we say at Covey Club, we hold a space for you while you figure out what's next. And that's what we're good at. So happy reinventing and we'll talk to you next time.